0: All right. Happy belated Thanksgiving, everybody, and happy holidays. As Bernie yeah. just said as we were signing on, happy, uh, happy belated Thanksgiving and on to Christmas. On to amazing, Christmas. amazing how fast. Truly. True. The, and the older I get, the worse it gets. Yep. It's amazing how fast it goes from Halloween, Thanksgiving, and then Christmas. I mean, just bang, bang, bang. I mean, already all the decorations are up,
1: Christmas music on the radio, and <laughs> on to the next. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it makes it, it's kind of weird. I mean, like I had a person tell me and it made perfect sense once. He's like, you know, when you're 10, a year of your life is a 10th of your life. It's a really big chunk. You know, you get in your 50s. It's not that big of a chunk. And that's what makes it seem like it flies by, right? It's such okay, a small, so
0: depressing. But it's yeah, such a smaller really piece. So true. <laughs> yeah. All right. How was your Thanksgiving? Was it good? It was, I it was know okay. I know you and Julie have been struggling I mean it's been a long long process was, with the house it sounds yeah. like you got was, light at the was, end of the tunnel
1: We're all, by this by the time this airs we'll be back in Nice okay good So I'm, we're fil- I'm filming right now it's kind of empty we've got to put a lot of the stuff back together and kind of get it out where it was but you know the floors are done the walls are done painted everything's kind of back ready we just kind of have to fill it back in but uh yeah so when this airs we'll be back in our house but yeah, we spent it just the two of us in an Airbnb. We couldn't really go with family anywhere because of a pet situation, and yeah. so it was just the two of us in an Airbnb, just kind of hanging out. So, we, oh my yeah, we made the best of it. Wow, well, we
0: had we had all kinds of family. My parents are in town from Iowa, so um, nice. I have been, I have been playing pickleball in the mornings with my Uh-oh. dad. <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> he's really good. He plays all the time. And and my dad, even though he's 75, 76 years old, he's actually super athletic. Like he can kick my ass in pickleball. Right. But because because and you'd be good at it. I mean, uh, you know who'd be really good at it is Stacy. I mean, Look, I, I played sport. I played varsity tennis back in high school, so I mean I picked it up pretty quickly. Um, it's a lot of fun to play, super, super popular. Especially it seems like in the Myrtle Beach Charleston area amongst the retirement community. Sure. They are really into into pickleball. It's a massive, know,
1: it's a massive sport now. Well, it's a less strenuous version of tennis, right? Yeah. They just yeah, have a just, you, terrible you, 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 scoring system.
0: Yeah. You have you have to be you don't have to be fast, but you have to be quick. You have to have good right. reflexes. But yeah, you don't need like high top speed. You don't need to be a sprinter. You're yeah. not running all the way up to the net. Yeah, uh, A lot less room to cover, but it is, it is, it is fun to play. It's not cornhole, but it's by just, the way, it's fun to play.
1: what's up with that ball? What is that? Is that like a wiffle ball? Kind yeah.
0: of. It's basically ball? like a wiffle ball. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe play, maybe yeah. a little, maybe a little bit heavier. It doesn't have quite the wobble, you know, when you hit it, like when yeah. you smash it, it goes through the air pretty good. It doesn't like knuckle like a, right, like right. a wiffle ball, but, but anyway, yeah. So family's in town and, and, uh, we had, uh, gosh, I guess three of the five kids in town for, uh, for Thanksgiving dinner so got into the house just in time for all the holiday craziness but uh yeah right on good. it was good that's awesome all right so all right so before we get to our guest you and I were talking a little soccer yeah man or not. um and I didn't even realize it so I put on my USA hat but uh I I, I logged in you said everyone's supposed to wear blue today now we're recording Ho- hopefully this, yeah hopefully recording when this, this airs Tuesday
1: yeah hopefully when this airs Everything yeah, will have so, worked out well. It could be a disaster. Yeah,
0: But uh, all right. So all right. So I did because I've been so busy with family, I didn't yeah. hear about the about the drama. I mean, it's amazing. Like, you know, we had a little bit of drama in Cornhole, obviously, with Baggate. That right. was all over the place. And we 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 talked about that a couple weeks ago. But, you know, it just doesn't matter the sport. Um, but it right. sounds like it sounds like and I missed it. But you said a little bit of drama in the press conference well, I mean, for the USA it. Iran? Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's Iran versus us, right? So I mean, there are yeah. hostilities already there from a sociopolitical standpoint. But what happened was, all the way back, I'll make it really fast, the social media team from USA Soccer took out uh, a piece of the Iranian flag in protest to how they treat women in the country. As a matter of fact, first game of the World Cup, the Iranian players didn't sing the national anthem in protest which is pretty gutsy on their part, actually, considering what might happen when they get home. Um, But because of that, then the press, and especially American press, started kind of asking those players, why did you do that? And started getting into the political realm of things. And then when our social media team decided to take like the sickle and stuff off of their flag and protest, well, that lit off a firestorm in the press world. So the Iranian press is, you know, that's a state-run media. So, obviously, you're going to get a very pro-Iranian government sentiment coming from them. They came into our press conference yesterday and just went after our team team captain, who's only 23, by the way, and our head coach. And our head coach obviously knew that he didn't know enough. So, all he said was, hey, I'm a soccer coach. I really can't speak on certain things, right? I don't don't know what you're talking about. Mm. But they blasted our team captain for mispronouncing Iran, Apparently, you're not supposed to say Iran. It's supposed to say Iran. And then uh, Tyler Adams is an African-American kid. And so they asked him what it's like to be African-American and, you know, play for a country that really doesn't, you know, like African-American people and and treats them so poorly. And that 23-year-old gave and politicians, other athletes. And I was the reason I found it so important is our athletes should look at that. This was off the cuff. This was no practice. And he ends up with the most measured and maybe the best answer to a question i've ever seen now did he get really deep into things no but he was able to control himself because i mean the the reporter was trying to make him angry you could tell he was raising his voice at him he was trying to get a reaction and, and they, our
0: guy and our guy was not prepared for this at all. No, no, this they, is I totally mean they did, off the cuff.
1: This this is just coming. I, I think once he wow. saw the reporter, I think he knew I think they knew something was coming because I think they have to be announced in what paper they come from and all that kind of right. stuff. So all right, I, so
0: they kind of knew that maybe something maybe. Was coming. But I mean, you know,
1: that's what five seconds of knowing? That's not, you know, an yeah. extended period of time of knowing. And man, that kid, Tyler Adams, I mean, it was the best answer I've ever seen. It was measured yet polite yet answering the questions and doing so in a manner that completely diffused the question and the hostility. It was a so master, watching. a master class in how to answer a question. So any of our cornhole players or anyone that ever has to deal with the press, that's how you answer a question. Because some people like to, you know, I, I saw online, some people are like, well, I would have said this and I would have gotten mad, right? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it doesn't work. That adds the fuel to the fire. It makes, yeah. you know, they're looking for a, a, a sound bite there. They're looking for you to make a mistake. So then they right. can blast it all over their social media and and show what you know Cretans we all are in the United States. And the kit, it was a masterclass in how you handle an interview. It was unreal.
0: I'll have to um I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I mean, we've we've played little clips in the past of of interviews that I thought have gone really well. Cause yeah. I know there's a lot of players. I I feel I feel like our players made um really large strides, especially yeah. towards the end of last year. I I really feel like Like our guys and girls are really starting to get comfortable, more comfortable Mm -hmm. in front of the camera. So, especially um,
1: those that are there more often, right? It's kind of one of those repetition things. The more you're there, the easier it is, kind of deal.
0: Right. Yeah. But I really feel like, um, I really feel like they made really good leaps last year towards towards their interview skills and just their their overall communication skills. Yeah. So, but yeah, maybe we should grab a clip of it like we've done in the past and and play a clip of it. And look, like I'd like to watch it.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you know, we we do speak English in this country and I think it's better if kids and I know there's a lot of want to be cool and you kind of want to be hip and kind of talk as if you're texting, you know, with a lot of broken English and things. You know, it's our language. Learn it. You can use it. There's a power in understanding how to use it. You'd be amazed at how far you can get with just knowing how to speak well. LOL. I, I mean, seriously, I mean, no, I get, walk, in, I walk into any boardroom in America and find me the kid that's like, yo, what up? What's happening? What's up, dog? You know, it, it's not there. Yeah. Right. I mean, it might be there before the meeting starts, but you can't you can't run a business meeting like that. You can't run. You can't walk into a hospital and talk with your doctor like that. I mean, you can, but you're not going to get much of a response. Right. I mean, you have to have some understanding of the language you speak. I don't know, Grant. I think it, once again, hey, mom, ex college professor did not like me speaking in certain ways around the house. What wasn't a big fan of it, so I kind of had to learn. You know, grammar was kind of important.
0: <laughs> yeah, my family too.
1: I mean, then, how I spoke with my friends, did you know? I could, you know, that's how you speak with your friends, but not every, you know, that's that doesn't work in every situation.
0: Yeah, with my dad being an attorney and my mom being a school teacher. Oh. Right. That was definitely emphasized in my house growing up.
1: And you can tell. I mean, you can tell. I mean, your voice has very little, you know, there's not a lot of uh, my brain's not working. See, this is what happens when your brain stops working when you get older. There's no real accent. I mean, that that part of that's being from where you're from in the Midwest. There's not a true defined accent where you're from in Iowa. But, you know, it helps. I mean, look. What do most Americans that aren't from the South think of Southern people when they hear the accent? They think of unintelligent, first thing. That's literally the first thing they think. That's true. That's true. And they've done studies on that. I mean, and think about it. You could be a PhD. You could could be one of the smartest people in the room. But if you have a thicker Southern accent, what they're going to think is unintelligent. And that's...
0: I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like as far as TV and radio goes, um, I'm not sure that that it is a death sentence anymore to have no. an accent. But but back when you and I were younger and going through college, for sure, yeah. I mean, I, I actually had a professor who once told us, you know, be careful if you if your first job is in the Southern states, like you yeah. do not want to pick. I mean, they, they basically flat out told us you do not want to pick up that accent. You don't want to <laughs> be stereotyped. Yeah. Nowadays, I mean. I, don't think the, it really, I really don't think it matters.
1: Uh, you know, as, as, long as much as, anymore.
0: But as, as yeah. long as you have character
1: with it, you know, someone like yeah. Terry Bradshaw gets away with it. Yeah,
0: all but the NASCAR guy, all the NASCAR guys, it works. Right. I mean, you, but, you listen yeah, to but NASCAR. NASCAR think about, but
1: think about those sports. I mean, the average American isn't looking at a NASCAR broadcast hoping to find some sort of intelligentsia coming across the screen. And I don't mean that as an insult. It's just a fact, right? I mean, they're they're not tuning into a NASCAR race expecting to get. You know, an amazing amount of intelligence coming back. Even though they do get it, that's not why they're watching. Where well, I mean, but but I, but I think I, I, it works when you have character with the voice. I was going
0: to say I'm with you on the yeah, the character and personality above and y'all you know, more important nowadays than than the voice. All right, so real quick before we get to our guests, yep. uh, you mentioned your mom real quick. Can can we talk about can we talk about your mom on the podcast? I, I mean,
1: she, she watches.
0: Did she say something to you about one of the? Podcast, my mom, my mom. I mean, that that's that's why I, I feel. I'm bad. not going
1: to say what my mother has said about certain guests. I, I'm not going to throw under the bus like. That. Oh, it was about
0: a guest. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I won't,
1: I won't, I won't put her under that kind of fire. <laughs> yeah. Not to say, it, I mean, I'm not even saying it was bad. But she, wouldn't it be fun if we could? Truly she she was funny.
0: Say everything. I mean, if we could just expose everything, it'd be so
1: great. And how are you? Let me ask you this: How are your parents, by the way, with their filter? Because I feel like my mother's oh. filter has has just disappeared.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my dad, my dad, um, my dad's Still, I mean, he's an attorney. He's yeah. he's always going to be very guarded and measured with everything he says. My mom, on the other hand, totally one hundred percent retired. hasn't been a school teacher in many many years. She doesn't care. She will tell you what's on her mind.
2: Yeah,
1: no. Yeah. Filter. And,
0: and she and then she and then she and she does it politely. And then she reminds us that, you know, how bored we would be if we didn't have her around. So, (laughs) yeah, but yeah, so the filter, the filter with her, not so much.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's gone with, I mean, you're talking about, or I'm talking about a woman that was remarkably sensitive to basically every, anyone on the planet that had any type of struggle, she, she was sensitive to it, right? She understood it. Yeah, that's gone. (laughs) There's, there's no filter anymore. (laughs) It it is just gone,
0: I'd I'd love to ask you for an example, but I'm not gonna uh, give you an example of my mom. So I'm yeah. sure you're probably not I can't do I can't the, do, that's, that's, I can't do it and have it be polite,
1: right? I mean that's, that's the, the thing. problem
0: with this show is that is that once people actually started watching it, all of a sudden I feel like we had to be careful because our families watch it.
1: <laughs> i I'm I'm kind of the other way. I'm I'm willing to say whatever, but that's just kind of me. I'm yeah. kind of a jerk, right? So no, but I, you, I'm not
0: no, you and I've talked about it. There I, there are I, boundaries I, that you have to that you have to watch.
1: Uh, there's bad, well, sure. There's certain things you just can't say. And, you know, you're probably bad for thinking a lot of those. But as far as putting my mom under the under the bus, I can't do it other than, say, the filter gone.
0: By the way, real quick, as far as the show goes, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I still swear to this day, one of our most popular episodes was the episode where somehow we got into the discussion of being buried um, or being cremated. Oh, I yeah. still get people who ask me about that and still get friends. I mean, friends and family. I don't want to say, I don't want to make it sound like people are texting me or reaching out on social media about it, but still people in my family and friends well, will, know will comment. On it. And it opens up really, really like crazy. I don't want, I don't want to go down that, that. Well, because it, because
1: it deals with religion, right? A lot of well, but, it.
0: But, no, but, but that even, even, uh, yeah, I mean a little bit, I mean, it's a little bit of your religion, you know, preference and background, but, but it's, it's, it's truly a personal thing. I think regardless of, of religion. Yeah. I mean that that's a that's that's a very, very intimate personal decision to make. It's sure. On how you are going to be, you know, put to rest. I mean, it's crazy. But yeah, so we so the reason I bring that up because we got into a huge discussion about that just at lunch the other day.
1: Um yeah. so, and they're they're so, like, didn't
0: you talk about that in the podcast? I was like, so
1: yeah. uh yeah, well, I mean, right. look, I we could talk about that forever because I just I, know. I mean, once we're gone, we're gone, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we gotta get we gotta get to our guest. He's been patiently pa- patiently waiting since we first signed on. He's probably like, "Good lord, we'll we a, hey, we'll ask Mike
1: me on. We'll, we'll ask him about it, see what he says."
0: All right, so our guest today is the founder and owner of one of the largest bag manufacturers and really uh, apparel manufacturers as well in the sport of cornhole. Uh, he sponsors some outstanding players. I'm only going to mention a few because I don't want. I know I'm going to leave some out, but Alex Rawls, Trey Birchfield. Uh, Joshua Thielen uh, Blaine Rozier I think is still on his list uh, We'll have to maybe get an updated list from him But uh, Blaine Rozier of course Former college national champion at Auburn And of course also Got a huge signing That uh, we want to spend some time talking about During the offseason As he signed the reigning number one pro player in the world Mark Richards So please welcome to Borderline for the first time From Lucky Bags Cornhole Mike Hennessy. Hey
2: what's guys, up Mike? How you doing?
0: There he is Hey, great to have you on brother. All right. So first things first, got to tell everybody where, where are you, where you're at? Where are you, where are you doing the podcast this morning? I think you live out in Louisiana, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm here in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm actually uh, in my home office. So I work mostly from here. I, uh, I've learned to stay out the way of the production facility. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Things run a lot smoother.
0: Um, all right so do you want to be buried or do you want to be cremated
1: yeah uh,
2: you know it's funny we had the conversation the other day and uh, really yeah at it, the it, uh, my wife's kind of weirded out about being in a, a jar so I'm <laughs> I'm in between. I don't know. It doesn't really see, happen. I'm weird. I'm weirded out weird about being.
0: I'm weirded out about being on the ground. I think I'd rather be yeah. in a jar. I'd rather be in a jar on a shelf where well, at least I'm in the yeah,
2: them in the room. My, that's what my dad said. He he didn't want to be in the ground. He wanted to be
1: cremated. Well, how well, Mike? How far away from you are the low-lying areas where they actually have you know some of the burials kind of above ground? I know they I do mean, that in sure, New Orleans. Just but about
2: everywhere in Louisiana is above ground because of the sea level.
1: Right. Yeah. So I mean, like, that's if you go even... go New
2: Orleans, you'll see a lot of the cemeteries are above ground, it's, you know, it's, it's cement. Uh, I think they call them uh, like mausoleums and mausoleums. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That adds a whole
1: nother dimension. You're not even in the ground. I mean, you're, you're literally out there on the other side of rock.
2: Yeah. They still, they still have parts where they bury you, but yeah, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of parts the in, in uh, New Orleans. I know there's a bunch of tours available. Yeah. Go through some of those historic uh, cemeteries. It's pretty neat.
0: Hey, Mike, I should have warned you in my email to you this week about coming on the show. You truly never know what the hell we're going to talk about. Hey, I
2: like it. I like off the cuff. It's <laughs> uh, real entertainment.
0: All right. So how was your off season? Sounds like uh, not a lot happened for you guys. It was
2: good. It was good. You know, a few things pretty, happened. Pretty quiet. So just, just to correct you. So Blaine Rozier, he, he, uh, he's moved on. And unfortunately, we, we weren't able to retain Blaine. Okay. He, uh, he brought his uh, talent to AAR. Um, if you want me to call off everybody, we are sponsored. I do have a long list. Well, I,
0: yeah, I, I went to your website. <laughs> I went to your website to try and get some of the pro yeah, players that were on there. And I, I didn't think it was currently. Yeah. I didn't think it was totally updated yet, no, but, no, um, no, that, that's why I wasn't quite sure about that one, but I, I think I hit the big ones, didn't I?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got the big ones. Um, I think we got 26 players total. Um, wow. not all pro Some are PDC. Yeah. We have a few that, that aren't PDC or pro. Um, but the majority, majority of them are pros.
0: So Mike, let's, let's just get right into this because I feel like with this show and we talk about this all the time, I get it, but it goes so fast. So I want to make sure that we hit some of the big topics first. So while we're on this topic, um, what, what is your philosophy? We've, we've, we've talked to Jason McCannon. Um, we had Mark Pryor on what, what was your philosophy in the off season? Like, like with Mark Pryor, Mark likes to sign just a ton of of players, right? Right. And he just likes to have a lot of exposure. Where, where Jason McCannon, I feel like, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, but I feel like Jason McCannon on the other side, you know, basically has just picked you know four or five of the top players because he wants his bags on TV all the time. Yeah. Like, wh- what's your philosophy? Where where did you stand in that, and what why did you decide to make that 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 push for the number one player in the world during the off season?
2: Well, when I met Mark two years ago, when he was qualifying, he was actually throwing my bags, and uh, him and Alex had a outstanding match at the qualifiers. And um, so I introduced myself to Mark then, and we actually tried to get a deal done last year, and there was just some things that happened that didn't allow it to happen. So um, so I try to support the people that's already throwing the bags. I try to, I don't really, I try not to, you know, chase talent per se, uh, you know, there's plenty of talent, but there's a lot of people already throwing out bags that, I, that I'd like to support. So you know our number, we, we wanted to kind of stay small, and um, this year, but it ended up we you know like I said we got 26 players, but I like to uh, just kind of kind of help out those who helped us get where we are.
1: And, uh, All right, I, I, I got a I got a big question for you. You ready? This is this is super important. Whose idea was the chain? And tell everybody how a player gets a chain from Lucky Bags.
2: OK, it was it was my idea. Um, and the way it works is if if you get on a, a national televised event, uh, ESPN broadcast, and you win, you get a chain. So I got uh Jimmy. Jimmy McGuffin actually earned his this past yes. season and he's, you know, he's uh, he's moved on. He's very excited about it. I actually just picked it up for the jeweler and uh, I'm going to be shipping it out to him possibly today.
1: Oh, man. I mean, and for those at home that don't know, I'm sure most of you do, but if you don't, it's a great Lucky Bags chain. It is blinging for everyone to see. And uh, so I can't believe Jimmy McGuffin's going to be wearing one. Actually, I cannot wait to see that.
2: It's real diamonds, real emeralds, real gold.
1: (laughs) Wow, Mike,
2: really?
0: (laughs) That's real diamonds in there? I was going to ask you. Yeah. Wow. All right. So for those, again, like Bernie was just saying, who haven't seen it, you can see Mike's uh, sweatshirt that he's wearing, his hoodie and that that I, I love your guys logo by the way i'm not just saying that cause you're on the show i, I love Appreciate your guys that. merch but but so basically it's that lucky bags logo on a chain um and that lucky bags logo is in diamonds i mean it's just it is it's it's that you're right i mean that i don't i don't know if you're comfortable saying how much that is but that cannot well, be. It
2: fluctuates. uh it was a little more recently because of the price of gold yeah um but it goes up and down but that no, they're, they're not cheap. So imagine I'll be giving out a few more this year, and uh, <laughs> I better start pinching pennies now. Yeah, Maybe. that's it. A,
1: what, a, what a great idea, but with the roster of talent you've picked, you could, <laughs> you're going to have to hit that bank for some loans pretty soon probably. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> My jewel is really loving me these days.
0: <laughs> so so Mike how did how did the conversation start with you and Mark? I mean like you said he had played uh, he had played your bags a couple years ago I think you said. So oh, I, how, did, how did that conversation start in the offseason
2: Well our first, our first conversation we had I mean he was just coming off a loss to Alex Rolls and you know so he would not he wasn't in the he was upset but I just you know I I introduced myself and just wanted to congratulate him on a I mean he made a great run and it the, the match was phenomenal. Um and just introduced myself and we kind of stayed in touch. And, um, when he became pro last year, we tried to get the deal done. And, um, I had a few bumps in the road last year, just didn't allow me to do it, but I, you know, I supported him from afar. What he did last year was absolutely amazing. I mean, he's just a great talent. So, I mean, I always congratulated him and, you know, shoot him a mess. Hey, great job. You know, he's just, he's a great kid. And, um, so, you know, bringing them on board this year was a no-brainer.
0: Yeah. I really, and I, and I hate to harp on this, and, and really only answer what you're comfortable answering. I think you and I have talked about this before when you made the announcement. But, you know, I, I think moving forward, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, I, I think it's important for the contracts to be public knowledge. That's just, that's just my opinion. I, I'm sure a lot of people disagree. I love reading when, when Patrick Mahomes re-signs and yeah. what he gets. I think it's I think it's really important for the sport moving forward. Like, I would love on our first ESPN broadcast, and we've got Mark Richards, to say, hey, Mike Hennessy from Lucky Bags just signed him to a three-year, $350,000 contract, whatever it is. I, and, I, and I'm totally, by the way, I don't know what the numbers are. But I would love to be able to say that, because I think it would blow people's mind at home. They'd be like, what the hell? This guy's making six figures for <laughs> yeah. playing cornhole? So, I mean... You know, whatever you're comfortable with, Mike. I mean, it, it, the money. Like, how much did the money have to do with it? Were you were you having to outbid other manufacturers? Like, what's the process of that like now in cornhole? Is it like the NFL? I mean, obviously the numbers. I think, in, numbers so, are I think in
2: some cases, some of the some of the companies are trying to outbid each other. But I think some of the players this year had a number in mind on where they felt they should be. Um, I kind of set the I set the tone last year with Trey. And um, you know, to me, Trey kind of wrote his own check. You know, the way we were able to market Trey, and and you know, build a brand around him, it um, you know, so that kind of set the benchmark on everybody where they wanted to be for the year and what they accomplished. Um, so I mean, we tried to you know, I tried to be fair with everybody and give them their worth, but I will say that the I think it's all changed a little bit. I don't think the TV the TV broadcast brings as much to the table for us as manufacturers as it once did. Um, and I think it's just who's viewing already knows who we are. So we didn't see any spikes in the numbers last year when we were on broadcast. Um, so we just got to get creative and find other ways to market.
1: Uh, and, um, yeah. Like, like I would kind of piggybacking on Jeff's question Jeff, you know, talking about a giant contract that you see, like Patrick Mahomes gets this, what they often don't say is, all right, this is guaranteed. This is an incentive. So they'll give you, he signed for $80 million when really 20 is what they actually get. And they have to, you know, reach certain numbers to get the other 60. Do you think that you guys in uh, the bag industry, board industry, do you think you guys will ever get to a point where it becomes incentives? Like, hey, we'll, we'll give you this up front. I think but, it should yeah. be
2: um I hadn't really done any incentive based contracts this year. I think um I think it's gonna morph into that though. I think it can. Um because we, you know, it's all new. It's new for all of us. This is, yeah. like, you know. So, you know, we're feeling our way through this and trying to see what works and what don't work on our end. Um, at the same time trying to support the players because you know, it's uh, you know, you sign a lot of players, it gets expensive.
1: Sure. I was wondering, and the reason I brought it up is because, you know, if you give whomever, I'm not going to say a name, but let's say you give player X all this money up front, you know, are they grinding as much as they should? Because now they have money to kind of enjoy themselves and they're kind of going around having fun with it instead of saying, all right, I got this and this is going to kind of, you know, let me breathe a little bit and not worry about money for a few months. But to get to this level, to get this other money, I'm going to have to grind. I'm going to have to work. So I can get on broadcast. So I can win nationals. You know, I can win shootouts. Yada yada yada. So that I mean, being
2: said, I think that goes to you know to who the players you pick. And you want, true. You want to get the guys with the right character and the, that have the you know that Very are goal true. oriented and that have the, the drive to do that because you know they can any of them can get complacent. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're talking all these guys are phenomenal at this point. They, you know, you got any one tournament, you got ten, any ten to fifteen people that can win it. You yeah, know, and you could create an argument on it for all of them. So, the talent is has gotten ridiculous over the last two years. And it really has you the, young, the young talent. It's it's unreal.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's the thing I'm most looking forward to this season, is to see if there is any type of consistency because right now I feel like the sport is pretty much following golf. Right, once once Tiger Woods retired. You know, th- th- it seems like there's a different champion. There's a new Tiger Woods every week, right? Oh, this guy's the next Tiger Woods. Oh, this guy's the next Tiger Woods. You know, oh, Mark Richards is the next Tiger Woods. Oh, Trey Birchfield. I mean, there's there's always another next, 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 right? But I it I don't feel like we've really had like that that uh, dominating player who can do it back to back, win back to back nationals. Um, so it's gonna be really interesting to see, like Mark okay. Richards. Can he do it again? And that's that's a huge gamble for you, right? I mean, can he do it again?
2: Well, I mean, how um, do you how do you how do you really top what he did last year? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's, you know, I mean, I know his bar's set high, but it's, I mean, how do you top like the probably the single greatest season anybody's ever had, right? How do you top that? The, uh, yeah, can you at least stay on the same level. You know, it's. It's to be seen, but you know, to me, he earned it, and um, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad we were able to get him under contract and and, and get him paid. I think you know, I right. think he's really hungry, and I think he, you know, he wants it. He definitely wants it. Yeah,
0: um, well, he's had a good start me, to the season, so so a lot he's, of these I mean, guys
2: are going to realize the age of some of these some of these yeah. kids that you know the 18, 19 year olds they're going through life changing experiences outside of Cornhole, so True. their focus can easily be changed, you know. You just, you yeah, just I, I've heard, to, I've heard, know. it's a gamble.
0: Yeah, I've heard Trey Ryder mention that numerous times in their podcast. Okay. You're doing it now when you're 16, come talk to me again when you're 22.
2: Right. And I mean, then come you, talk you to know. me again
0: when you're 26. I mean, you, you're about ready to go through two major life changes over the next 10 years of your life.
2: I mean, you get some of them, they graduate high school, they go to college. They, you know, they meet yeah. a girl, you know, the girl thing that can change everything, <laughs> Yeah. You know, my friends, yeah, that, you know, a girl, they, they made their soul decisions off of off a girl. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's tough. You just got to you know, see how it works.
1: Right. I mean, Alec, I think Alex Hicks is the perfect example of that. He's getting ready to have three life changes. Right. right? He's going to hit puberty. He's going to grow a little bit. Then he's going to get into high school. Then things really change for kids in high school. Then he's going to, you know, get into such his an, late a, teens. He's such
2: an amazing start. kid, man. He's so yeah.
1: awesome. Yeah. So, I, I, that's. The the great thing about our sport is so many of them are so young, so yeah. young that we get to watch them literally mature in front of our eyes. And like you said, some do, and then some chase the girl or what have you, and it just changes who they are. So it's we we do get a front row seat to a lot to a lot of uh, personal growth.
2: Yeah, I think sometimes we forget how young some of these kids are that are playing. You know,
0: I agree. It's a lot I, I of think weight, that's true. A lot of
2: weight I, on their shoulders. You know.
0: Yeah. I think that's true with any sport. Sometimes, like when I'm going to a football game, um, I, I, I all of a sudden I'm taken back. I'm like, wait a second, we're watching 19 and 20 year old kids yeah. and getting mad about it. beating <laughs> shit out of each other. Yeah, yeah, and we're upset about it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's true. All
0: right, so one more thing on the contract. So, so is is because there are a lot of people, Mike, who watch the show who aren't totally. Uh, encapsulated in the world of cornhole. So, talk about the contracts a little bit. Is this can you do multi-year contracts yet? Like, like what 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 are Stacy's takes I on that? A, it- I think
2: it's a good idea, um, but I mean, with it being so young, you know, and the, the rapid changes. Um, I mean, so far we've done we've just done single year contracts, and I, you know, right. I try to I try to stay as open as I can with the guys. You know, I'm not. I won't send no lawyers after him or anything. You know, a handshake's good for me, but, you know, and, uh, but I I think the multi year thing is good. I think uh, McCannon took advantage of that initially. I think that worked out really well for him. Didn't, uh, Didn't those guys sign a multi year deal initially?
0: It might have been, yeah. I think I think Matt and Jamie. Did they sign a two-year deal, Bernie? It might have been a two-year I, deal. I
1: can't remember. I know they had to re-sign this year. Yeah, they right? re-signed this year. Yeah. So you're right, Mike. The first one
2: have... we had multiple. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think mean, I mean it could work out, but so far yeah. we haven't. We've only done, you know, single-year contracts. It, All it, right, it, last, it last last
0: last okay. one. So. So the money. Can you give us any type of ballpark figure on the money? Like, like you don't have to give us the exact number if you're not comfortable. I'd probably
2: like to consult with them first before I just, you know, I don't know what their numbers out there like that. It's I mean, even lot.
0: even because I people, I'm telling you that is that is probably the number one question that I get from my friends because I've gotten to the age now where I'm 50, right? And so they're all successful in the business world and they really care more about money than anything else and so one of the first questions will be how much money are these guys actually making i mean that that's that that's why i'd like to be able to talk about it because i, I feel like they, the money's getting to the point where it's care. relevant
2: i don't think it's all based off yep. of Jeff's friends that. are remarkably shallow <laughs> <laughs> i think the money has a lot to do with it um but i think it you know I, I think some of them also want to be successful they want to be comfortable in what they're doing and yeah you know, it's kind of maybe a combination but who knows who goes on the mind you know what goes on the mind Of a twenty-year-old, you just you know, I passed that a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah.
1: How 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 long do you think it's going to be? Seriously, in in your opinion, before we get, I mean, right now, I think if we realistically look at it, what I mean, maybe ten to twenty players can make a living off of cornhole, like a like a decent living off of it without having another job. Probably. Um, How long do you think it's going to be before that list gets down to fifty, a hundred?
2: It just it just depends on depends on how this thing plays out as far as if yeah. you know how we can figure out different marketing strategies and bringing more money to the table. Um, you know, maybe outside sponsorships. You know, I, I was trying to get creative this season. Um, still working on a few things, um, but I mean, it, just to rely on, you know, just the bad company. Companies alone, I think, mm-hmm. is, um, is is getting tougher, you know, to, to be able to spread the wealth. Sure. Um, but I mean, I got at least four guys that can that are making a living, you know, playing going old. Um, you know, some of the others, not so much. We try to try to supplement them as much as possible. Um, so if that's I don't know how many major how many major uh, manufacturers we have, is it five? I mean, it's, you know,
1: maybe seven, but probably closer to five.
2: So I mean, if we, you know, if everybody has four or five guys that are making a living, you know, so what's that number? Twenty to thirty-five.
1: Yeah, it's about right.
2: So I, I mean, it just it just depends. I mean, I I could see it growing, but I think we need um, I think more corporate sponsorships would bring more money to the table. You know, further down the road. Amen. And, just, by the way, just
0: just a marketing, just just a little marketing thing. Um, I am surprised. Like you were talking about, you know, not getting much of a hit from the broadcast. I, I think I think this is another area where the players can improve on. To be honest with you, Mike, and I've yeah. I've told many of them in just one on one conversations when we talk about interviews. Like NASCAR does a great job of, right? I mean, as soon as the guy wins a race, he literally looks at his car and and thanks NAPA, Sunoco. Yeah. You know, the Chevrolet got me through, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, like, I, I think that's definitely an area of improvement for you and for Mark and for Jason, for everybody. Right. I mean, yeah, when your player gets up there, hey, hey, I just I, I got to thank Mike and Lucky Bags. Right. I mean, without these surefires today, I wouldn't have been able to you yeah, Whatever. I mean, just, just a little something to let the, the I mean, there were almost a million people who watched the, the final broadcast this year. Yeah. Just to let people because I still get questioned again from my friends. You know they they want to buy bags they don't they don't know where to go like someone needs to start telling these people and it's yeah, marketing. maybe
2: maybe the announcers could uh <laughs> could have something set up with I'm mean, just show them what the players are throwing you know yeah no matter what it is you know yep. yeah, Trey, Trey, I think some Trey, questions for the fans because some people that tune in they just don't know
1: well I yeah. think I think we started doing that on the streaming courts Trey had kind of a little setup to where it showed you know, each player or each team's bag that they were yeah. throwing. And it actually, because it was such a close up picture, you would get the, you know, the model as well as just the uh, the main brand, how we transfer that over to, uh, to television. I'm not sure. I mean, obviously it can be done. I think that would be good. But I mean, I think what Jeff's saying carries a lot of weight. And because look, I mean, I think the kids have been up front, like I'm not comfortable talking in front of a camera. I don't know how to do it. And what Jeff's saying is, all right, take, take any thought out of it. Yeah, you, you know who's on your jersey as your sponsor. You know who your main sponsors are. Just thank them. Do it slowly. And by the time that's – I mean, you're going to go through your interview time. You don't have to come off the cuff mm-hmm. and be this incredibly, you know, vivacious know, person. Just, just do the simple things.
2: No, yeah, I and, agree. I agree. And,
0: and to your point, Mike, too, I mean, I, I would like to get into those discussions. And I think this season it might be more important than ever because of the carpet bag. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're talking about a real change of philosophy now between carpet bag throwers and slide push players. Yeah, you know, and and I think it's gonna be really cool. And you know, maybe, maybe that's even something that one of your players says. You know, let's say Mark, let's say Mark wins, right? He, he's like, you know, I just got to thank Mike and and lucky bags. You know, I was using this bag today. It's 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 a little bit more sticky on this side because the bags were, you know, because the, the boards were fast and you know whatever. Just just to right. let people know, and I think that'd be kind of fun to do during the broadcast too. It's kind of highlight even on events.
2: broadcasts of. You know, during player introductions, when they put up the player's picture and just maybe mention the bags they throw. And that way, you know, when yeah. fans are watching, you know, people outside of the Cornell community, they can get a great, you know, well, look, you know, look what this guy's throwing, you know, look what he was able to do with the bag. Maybe I should try this one. You know, there's a little bit yeah. of information. About That's that. a good idea. Or uh, even when, you know, when we show you rankings. In, you don't, you just don't see that. You know, it's yeah.
0: like when we show rankings, top five, top 10, whatever rankings. Yeah, we could put a little logo of, of, you know, who their bag manufacturer is. I think that's a good idea. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, hey,
0: let's, let's, uh, we, we're going to run out of time again quickly, but I really want to kind of talk about you um, and your personal background. Uh, you talked about being uh, in Louisiana and uh, you know, you started Lucky Bags Cornhole, which has been successful, but I know you've been through ups and downs with it. I mean, cornhole is, it's kind of a risk right now. You yeah. guys are on a big high, but, but I know there's been some highs and lows for you, but I guess let's, let's just kind of start at the beginning. Like how did you, as a businessman, Get into the sport of cornhole. How did this it whole was, thing start? Uh, it
2: was an accident. <laughs> we uh, we were introduced to uh, cornhole in New Orleans around uh, 2017, and uh, didn't know what it was. Uh, went to a fundraiser tournament for a little boy with leukemia, and um, went played with a with a a parent from my mom's softball team. That was pretty good, and uh, went play with him, and we ended up winning the tournament. And met, uh, met a guy running a league in New Orleans, trying to get started. And uh, he invited us to go play a couple of tournaments and started getting into it. And I started meeting people. And I already had a printing company. So when I started going to these tournaments, um, I noticed the boards, So I was like, well, I can do that. So I started making boards. And then I brought it to the local playground, um, Terrytown, And uh, my mom was a supervisor there. And that's where I coached basketball for years. And uh, so I started bringing, uh, we started doing fundraiser tournaments at the playground and um, ended up doing, uh, doing some leagues, uh, raising money for uh, uniforms. And uh, that's, I ended up at a tournament in Vegas and met Mike Sorensen from Dirty Bags and we played together. And then uh, when I came home from that trip, I decided to come up with Lucky Bags because the playground is a Terrytown Fighting Irish. So it just all came together. And uh, originally I was actually co-branding with, um, with All Cornell. And um, we co-branded initially. And then they got really busy and, and, uh, and quit co-branding. So it forced me into, I had to make a decision. We were like four months in. Had kind of <laughs> built the brand, started getting some traction. And um, so one of the ladies that worked for me doing embroidery I uh, called Miss Shirley and said, "You still got your sewing machine?" And she said, "Yes." Yeah. So I went went over there and I'll tell you, the first ones were terrible, and uh, <laughs> the second batch was a lot better. We did a hundred sets for the league, and then and uh, I started learning about materials and resin, and, and it just took off. And um, that's the story. I mean, it's you know, it, it was all an accident. It never was meant to be a business. It kind of just morphed <laughs> into it. You know, I mean, we were doing something we liked. We loved playing and, you know, started meeting people. The sport started growing, and then we started going to tournaments. And um, two years ago, and matter of fact, it was Cleveland when I met Noah. Uh, Mm. And um, he tried my bags, and then we stayed in contact. And uh, that was our first sign. It was Noah and uh, Matthew. Yep. And, you know, he brought us to the forefront. Noah's just so popular. And he was able to, you know, once he came on board and started throwing the bags, I think they won the very first tournament that we went to. It was a triple crown tournament. And then uh, it just took off from there. And then, uh, you know, Trey came on that same year, and uh, he ended up winning, you know, singles that year and then carried the torch.
1: Well, how do we get more people from Louisiana? I mean, seriously, the best accent in our nation is that Louisiana <laughs> accent, especially if you get someone that's pretty Cajun. I mean, there is no better well, I
2: live. I'm from New Orleans, but I live in Cajun
1: land. I live in Latin. Yeah.
2: So you go around here, and they they heavy, heavy Cajun accents.
1: It is the best accent well, our country right, has to offer. Hopefully,
2: I'll see you guys in March. we got uh, we got to open, open in New Orleans in March. I was, uh, I was able to help facilitate that, and we're really excited about it. That's that's yeah. dangerous.
1: That's that's the one city that's out of my league. Uh, you'll be fine.
2: <laughs> we're, we're about 15 minutes from the, the madness, but you you can get to it if you want to.
0: <laughs> hey Mike, what was your um what was your passion growing up? Um you, you mentioned coaching basketball. I mean, is that yeah. what you always wanted to do? Like what what
2: what um I played basketball. I, I always did love basketball. I coached basketball almost 20 years. And uh, the last year I coached was 2016. We won an international championship with uh, Biddy. I coached a uh, 12-year-old Biddy. And uh, we won the uh, international championship that year. And then uh, I was – all through the years I coached – I always helped my mom. She, she was always the supervisor at the playground. So she needed a – because I did t-ball too. She needed a coach in t-ball. I coached t-ball. But mostly, uh, mostly it was basketball.
0: So did you do anything else? I mean, how did you, how did you, I mean, when you look at Lucky Bags, I mean, I'm so impressed with the success that you've had and the branding you've had and signing the players, where does, what is, where does your business passion come from and your business success? I mean, like you said, you just kind of stumbled into it. I mean, did you not have any other business experience just coaching Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: I had a a printing company for years. Um, okay. All-star printing. So we, you know, do screen printing embroidery and then, um, I was kind of changing careers at the time, kind of wanting to do something new. It's a business my dad started before he, he got sick. And then uh, I actually came home from college and took over. And uh, when I took the business over, um, I was 20 years old, helping mm-hmm. raise, uh, you know, the rest of my family. because My dad wow. was ill. And then uh, so I did that for a long time. And it, it, it was it was fun. But it was kind of like I was doing something that that wasn't really what I wanted to do, per se. Right. Not that I knew what I wanted to do at the time, but it just wasn't wasn't my plan. Yeah. It wasn't somebody else's plan, but it worked out. And then this, like I said, this fell into my lap. It's just, um, you know, I didn't look at Cornell and say, oh, my God, here's a business. Right. It was, that wasn't how it started, you know.
0: Right. Yeah. All right, one more question for you. How do, how do you get through the ups and downs? I mean, this is something that Bernie and I love to talk about. We talk we went, about with we players, we talk downs. about with athletes, celebrities, <laughs> like how, how do you get through them?
2: Well, I, I can tell you, uh, so last year, you know, initially I wasn't manufacturing them. We were, we were relying on some other manufacturers and, um, they just couldn't keep up. We, our growth was phenomenal. So instantly I knew we had to morph into manufacturing. So I started ordering equipment. Um, we actually started, we got the build in May of last year and, um, Went through some growing pains, you know, got some, you know, just different stuff. Went through a few different things last year. Last year was rough. The beginning, you know, the, it was tough. So, you know, you get a lot of the social media, people saying stuff and, you know, not really knowing what's going on. You know, they call it questioning your character. That's tough, you know. It's, cool. um, so I, how do you, you get know, through I that? How do you deal with that? With everybody and got through it, We, everything we did, we, you know, we had a mix up with some resin. We got some bad batches of resin and look, I ate that whole thing. I I put a form up. Anybody that had the bags make a claim, we replaced them. No questions asked whether you bought them from us or not. And, you know, it it was costly, but in order to save the business, that's what you have to do. You have to stand behind what you're doing. So we, um, so we did that and got through it. And I mean, things are, Things are humming now. We, you know, we get orders out within usually within 24 hours now. Um, the numbers are still steady, but I got a I got a great team behind me, which allows us to do that. So, and yeah, now I, j- I just stay out the way. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I stay home and I do the designs and I, you know, order <laughs> materials and and uh, just get get them everything they need to do to, to do the job, and they do a great job.
0: So mentally, did you always just tell yourself it's gonna be okay? It's gonna be okay. We're coming out on top.
2: Um, I never doubted what I was doing because I you know, I knew from where it was coming from and I knew no matter what I was gonna stand behind what we were doing. Um, but it, it was it was tough. It was tough at times. You know, the internet could be cruel. But I <laughs> Yeah, I, most of the time when people make comments i'd go look them up and i'd call them I, you know you got something to say let's talk about it <laughs> i agree I call them direct and then most of the time they they crawfish out of Oh, well, well i didn't mean it that way and I, you know it came off that way so yep let's talk about it
0: <laughs> when i when i was in sports talk radio is the same way someone easily will get on social media and just try and blast you right and then all of a sudden you reach out email them back uh, and and yeah, want to have a conversation? And yeah, the tone changes real quick, doesn't it?
2: No, but I'm I'm easy to talk to, and I, you know, people hear they hear rumors, they hear one thing, and they run, you know, it, it it runs rampant, and everybody assumes this and assumes that. But does have a problem? You call us, and we take care of it. We are, are, are
1: you are you saying that there is, are rumors in cornhole? <laughs> Just is, is that is that what you're telling me right now?
2: <laughs> it's almost it's almost like. Uh, almost like an old girls high school
1: it is <laughs> it really really is
0: uh i'm sheltered from a lot of it and and maybe thankfully <laughs> all right well hey hey we're running out of time but with so. that being
2: said i've met some of the best people in the world through this game so agree it's, it's a good crowd it really is
0: Hey Mike, thanks so much for uh, for coming on with us, especially sh- short notice. Um, and happy holidays coming thank up. You guys. We'll see. We'll see you guys soon, and, and congratulations on the signings and on your success. And keep it up, bud. We'll see you again soon. All
2: Take right, care, thank Mike. you.
1: Have a good one, guys.
0: Right, Mike Hennessy from Lucky Bags Cornhole. Uh, great to get him on. I've been wanting to have him on for a while.
1: Dude, Louisiana accents, man. All day. I know. Yeah. There, there, we have a you know a few directors down there. And I, I literally, I just asked a couple of questions, let them talk just so I can hear it. It's yeah. the best accent in the world. Yeah. All
0: right, bud, we got to go again. Thanks to Mike. Uh, terrific guy. Lucky Bags Cornhole. Check them out. Uh, I've even played with the Surefire. So I mean, we play with all kinds of different bags, but but I, I love those bags. So really great stuff. Great logo. Love it. All right. Uh, we will talk to you next week,
1: bud. All right, man. All right. Bye, yep. everybody. USA. USA.